0: Dating, marriage, and divorce conversations, where we analyze, navigate, and troubleshoot all stages of your romantic life. I'm your host, Igor Meistelman, a divorce attorney turned relationship coach. Hello, everyone. In today's podcast, we're going to be discussing how one's self-worth impacts the relationship. Now, many people think that Relationship is just two people essentially getting along, taking care of their chores, responsibilities, and as long as they work as a team in that way, in doing a very good division of responsibilities, then just like a good team in a corporation in the business setting will accomplish its goals by setting up criterias and how they delegate who does what, so too, it's the same model can be transferred over to relationship. The problem is that that's furthest from the truth because relationship dynamic, a romantic relationship consists of so much more complication because of the what I would call the human element to the exchange. The relationship in the world of marriage and partnerships, um, long-term partnerships especially, there is a craving, there's a desire for something that is more than just you do something for me and I do something for you. I could live with that in my professional life. In fact, I'll be very happy if everybody actually performed their responsibilities. But that is not something I can accept in my romantic life. And the reason for that, while it, may, it is going to be multidimensional, but one of the key aspects that drives this dynamic is how we perceive ourselves. Because the way we view ourselves is the way, the person that we bring to a romantic relationship. If you think about it, who am I as a partner or as a spouse when it comes to my romantic life? It's the person that I look in the mirror and perceive to be the person I'm offering to the relationship. So just to make it more concrete, if you, if you think about it, if I'm a, a person who's very stingy and I'm careful with every single dollar. Well, when I show up to my romantic life, I will show up as a person who has a hard time giving, who has a hard time having a mindset of abundance where I can do things for my partner. I can spend money and resources to make somebody else happy, to make somebody else's life more special, more meaningful. And this um, transcends all areas um, of people's lives, especially when it comes to a romantic relationship. And so the goal of today's podcast is to explore one of the fundamental aspects of the relationship and the impact on the relationship that our image, our self-image, our self-worth, to be more precise, has on the relationship. Now you might think, wait a minute, if you're giving, you're, you're a giver. You make time for your partner, your spouse, you do things for them, then the relationship should be in a good place. And yet the reality does not bear out for that to be true, because the reality is is that a romantic relationship doesn't just operate in what is manifested in the interaction. A romantic relationship, but this is the unique quality of it, is a romantic relationship picks up the vibes of what is not said and what is hidden. I had a teacher who once said this beautiful line, said, relationship is defined by the one who wants it the least. Relationship is defined by the one who wants it the least. Now, if you think about it, in some ways, I know when I heard it for the first time, it felt very counterintuitive because I thought, what do you mean? If you take two people in a relationship and one is just giving and giving and pumping all this love and care for the other person, is that person not setting the tone for the relationship? But the reality is, is not really. Actually, the recipient of that love and givingness is the one who's really defining the parameters of the relationship. How so? Well, think about it. If I'm going to do everything for you, and I take care of you, and I I give my heart and soul to the relationship, and the way you receive me is from a place of coldness, a place of distance, a place of minimal appreciation, what is the extent of the connection between us? Well, the extent of the connection is going to be defined by you. It will not be defined by me. See, I can pump all the love and respect and care I want. But when all is said and done, you're going to determine how close we are because you are creating boundaries and barriers to the extent of our connection. And so our connection will be limited and defined by how much you are willing to reciprocate in that dynamic exchange. And therefore, the extent to which each one of us is available to the relationship is going to be to the extent that we believe we have value to give to the relationship. And that is why self-worth is such a critical piece to the fundamental, you know, the first floor of laying the foundation. If you want to build a great relationship, one of those pieces is how we view ourselves. What do we believe we bring to the table? See, if I believe that I have little self-worth, if I am not worth much, I don't have a lot to offer, except that, you know, occasional companionship and some amount of romance and availability. But but ultimately, in my heart of hearts, I walk around with this feeling of, I don't have much to give. I don't have much to offer. That will directly translate into the extent of connection that the couple will experience. You should never think that this type of an issue is just a side problem something that will just come up occasionally, but it doesn't really have a direct impact onto the core aspects of the relationship. That is the furthest from the truth. In fact, the way we view ourselves and therefore what we believe we have to give, not only to the world, but definitely to our most intimate closest relationship, which is a partner or spouse, that is the realm in which we are defining the relationship. Because if I believe I can only give 10%, Because that is what I believe I'm available of giving. That's the extent of my capacity. And you believe you can give 50%. Our relationship is at 10%. It doesn't matter how much of 50% you'll pump in. Because I can only withstand 10% of the dynamic. And therefore, work on ourselves, especially in the realm of self-esteem and self-worth, is such a critical Part of the job in order to ultimately come back to the relationship in a way that the relationship is enriched. Relationship is strengthened. The relationship experiences more vibrancy. But if I am a constant, meaning I just stand still, I'm not, I'm not a person engaged in a dynamic journey and the process, then the relationship is li- limited by my limited mindset, my limited ability to see and appreciate who I am and what I bring to the relationship. You know, one of the things that very often comes up uh, in my office during meetings with couples is this issue of, well, I married him like this. I married her when she was this way, and now I feel like I live with a different person. Now, there's two responses to that. Obviously, there is such a thing as growing apart in fundamental values to such a degree that we're just no longer compatible. But the reality is that for most people, the growth isn't something that challenges their compatibility. The growth challenges their status quo. They don't want to stand still. Or sorry, rather, they don't want to move. They would like things to stay still. Because we all know change is uncomfortable. Change challenges where we are right now. Are Are we holding in a place where I'm a person who is happy, satisfied with his his or her life or my person who I see always room for progress and growth. And what's tricky about this aspect of a relationship is, can I see the value of the change? Can I recognize that if my spouse is changing and transforming, again, as long as it doesn't undermine the fundamentals of the belief structures that the relationship is built on, but if my, my spouse is engaging in a dynamic process of change... That's a good thing. That's the type of thing that brings freshness and newness to the relationship. If I'm married to somebody who, when I married them, they were an avid stamp collector and 10 years later, 20 years later, I wake up and my spouse now enjoys painting, right? I can approach it in two ways. I could view it as a threat and say, wait a second, what's happening here? When I married you, you were all about stamps. All of a sudden now you're painting and now we're going to spend money on canvases and paint supplies, or you could say, This is so amazing. I get to be part of a journey of somebody else's life who is in a state of transformation and change. And I get to be part of experiencing that with them, being part of supporting their journey. And by the way, I have news for you. Would you not like the same thing within your own life that your spouse offered that to you? And if a couple views a relationship from that place, then now the relationship could be viewed as I'm meeting a new person. And in that sense... There is freshness. There is newness. I'm connecting to a new human being. It's not the same person I was married to, and it's a good thing. That's where the freshness lies. Now, the reason I bring all this up is because part of the challenge that a person with low self-esteem will experience, somebody who challenges their value, they don't perceive it, is therefore they might not be exerting themselves. They might not be pushing themselves into realms where they recognize And believe that the change they're going through is special, it is meaningful, and it's a change that they want to bring to the relationship. Rather, they will be constantly second-guessing themselves, oh my gosh, how is this going to impact our relationship? I would like to explore that, but oh my gosh, what is my spouse going to think? And that is a type of conversation that constantly comes up in my office. One spouse wants to try something. One spouse wants to experiment. I had a couple come in, one spouse Uh, Kept saying that I would love to go on trips and see more things. I I just love traveling. And the other spouse was a homebody. And in that area of their lives, the homebody spouse was just, that was their constant. I want to be home. That's where I'm safe. That's where I'm comfortable. And the other spouse was just dying to get out there and experience life and world. And that spouse wanted nothing more but to do it with their spouse. They weren't looking for individual solo trip. They wanted to be with their spouse and experience that journey th- with their spouse. And the the extent to which we are available for these journeys is how much we believe we deserve it. How much do we believe we are worthy to be married to someone with whom we could be engaged in a dynamic, ever-changing, ever-evolving evolutionary process? Is our relationship an organic journey where there's things sprouting and growing? Or is my relationship um, a journey built on a constant, right? And so do I view my life as a field where things can be planted and things can be nurtured and grown? Or is my life a cemented road where once it's concretized, that's it. That is, this is the extent of the journey. And what very often happens is those relationships that are built on these brittle perceptions of themselves and very often Again, I bring bring up this toll of your attention, they're often resulting from a place of self-uncertainty, self-doubt, um, lack of belief in, in themselves. And so people become kind of locked up and stuck in their ways, and they don't see any room for progress, any room for change. As a result of that type of a journey, um, and that type of existence, the relationship greatly suffers. And so once again, as I, since I like to end every session with a little bit of tools and techniques, one tool that I'd like to leave you with today is try it out. Sit down with your spouse as you're listening to these podcasts and you and you're hearing the different techniques that I throw out there that we do with our couples when they come in for a session is sit down with your sp- spouse and have a imagination date, a date where the two of you imagine life that is in some way deviating from your constant steady flow of shopping lists and picking up kids and taking them to practice and doing the same old routine. And take, take a few minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, where you will just dialogue with each other your dreams. What would you imagine that if you wanted to set some time aside for dreams, things that would reinvigorate you, things you're afraid of, exploring where's that coming from, what hesitations do I have and how do I think the relationship could help me? How could my spouse or partner help me work through the fears, the doubts, all those voices inside our heads that we all live with, that the, the self-doubting thoughts, the, the mindset and the beliefs that limit us, that shrink us rather than give us opportunity to expand and benefit and flourish from everything the world has to offer and most importantly, what your relationship has to offer. And so conversation could sound something like this. You sit down, right, um, in the evening when nice and quiet or during the day. if There are no distractions. As always, you know my rule, you shut off the phone. No, that does not mean put it on vibrate. You shut off your phone. You totally put them aside. You take a few seconds to center, which is basically do a quick meditation. Just close your eyes. Take a few breaths. And release. And just let things go and say for the next... 20 minutes, I have an intention to just be present with you as you share with me and I share with you what fears do I live with, what dreams do I have that I aspire to, and how you could help me work through the fears and the the hesitations and how you could help me take a little step closer towards realizing my dreams. And then you share. And as always, you know, my golden rule, always mirror Always say back, am I understanding you? What I'm hearing you say is that one thing that would help you work on your confidence is if I gave you two compliments three times a week. And I'm going to put them on my calendar to make sure to give you three compliments. Is that what you need from me? I just yes, that would go a very long way for me if you gave me three compliments or two compliments three times a week on these days and at this time. And that type of a process where we share with each other concrete goals, and we make very clear what do we need from each other and how the participation of our spouse in our journeys of self-development and self-growth would only continue to nurture the space between us and the relationship that exists between us, how much more it would benefit and blossom from having this type of a supportive system called my spouse my partner. Thank you for joining us today. For questions, comments, topics you'd like to hear more about, or to try our 24-week relationship challenge, email us at relationshipreimagined at gmail.